Welcome to Super Queers, a podcast with Jesse Pierce and Sammy Namir. For you to discover the super queer powers of inspiring queer, trans, non-binary, and LGBTQ plus voices across the country. We're creating change, embracing personal healing, building community, and living with their activism and radical joy. And how you can activate your powers. Join us to learn how we can heal, transform ourselves, and the world around us. Are you ready? Your journey starts right now. Love Barbie. I just saw it on Tuesday and it was sold out and it was, it was a, a big experience. I really, I really enjoyed it. Oh my God. What I went on Monday with a queer friend as well, because mm. of course it was sold out and I put on a wig on and a pink suit and people were looking at me like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I'm from Barbie's world. Uh, I'm kind of, um, uh, <laughs> Weird Barbie, queer Barbie, um, and I have so much takes on it. And um, but I think it lives to the expectation, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think um, everything that I I saw and heard about it ahead of time uh, really really matched the movie. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get into these into these takes. Why don't you go first? I'm also sorry I didn't see your outfit. I don't know that I've seen pictures, but hopefully. Um, I wish I, I had dressed up as much as you did. That sounds like more fun. Yeah, it was more like a dress played up. The wig looks so bad. Um, I posted only on a story, but I think we could share <laughs> a, a photo. It was a nice Sunday. I think the, the movie is great to sort of like go into the, you know, gender binary and like explain to people how it works. But I think I'm more, uh, it made me think about what it is to, there's a lot of critiques that I have, right? Like, I think there's a lot of things that people were not mentioning, but because of the being queer and existing and being political, I felt that things are missing, right? I think uh, gender queerness to a great extent is missing. Um, a lot of like racial and gender diversity, not as explicit. Yeah. Uh, body types, I think that yeah, there's only yeah. uh, one big Barbie. And like, so... Um, it left me with a lot of uh, things to desire. However, I think it made me think about affirming spaces and like how euphoristic and supportive and affirming is to have a space, right? Especially the Barbies when they support each other, they rule that world right. and like they have the Supreme Court and like the yeah. friends and like the morning affirmations and like how terrible and depressive it was the opposite when and they came back and there was no space for them. And I made me think how as queer LGBTQ people, we feel as the Barbies come back to Kenland, yeah. outcasted, marginalized, deployed, uh, bully and laughed at. And um, yeah, I think that it's just made me realize that the importance that we need to create more affirming spaces and becoming society a whole affirming space, uh, not only a, a utopian, 
you know, Barbie land that doesn't exist outside of society, but society in general. So when we, yeah. we came out of that bubble, which is Barbie land, right? When we go to LA and we are in the streets, we don't have to face the harassment, the sexual harassment, the questions and like the looks and sort of the ignorance that Barbie and Ken felt, you know, particularly Barbie, right? Uh, right. In the streets, you know, so. Yeah, I love all that. Take. That's your queer take. Yeah. I, um, so I, it's funny cause I, I saw a, a TikTok creator mention the character Alan, um, before I saw the movie. And so I don't know if this was something that was in my head, uh, before, but I, I really identified with Alan, uh, being a, uh, trans, yeah, trans mask person and like in the, Alan is the only one. Um, and Alan's tagline is that he fits into all of Ken's clothes, which I was like, yeah, me, I fit into all of Ken's clothes. Alan uh, said that, I didn't hear that. It was said in the movie, but it's it's on like the uh, like original Alan. It was like a, a motto on his box, on his, the the Mattel box for Alan is he fits so that you can, tr- you can, you know, oh, if you get Alan, you can change his clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it might have been in the movie too, but like, yeah, but I just, that was something I was like, oh, Alan, like, um, you're there for me. Um, but yeah, but I totally agree. Cause it's, it's obviously the gender Barbie encounter, the gender ideal for, you know, man and woman. And I, and I agree too, with all your kind of critiques in terms of diversity and it's m- movies like this are so important because they they are clearly saying something that isn't being said a lot in our, in our media. And so we, we want it to be like all of these things. Um, and so we put obviously a lot of like stakes and expectations uh, on these movies. So it, it's easy to kind of get lost into what wasn't there. Um, but I think that uh, I think the movie had like a lot of really great things to say and, and to show us. And I think the, the like queer and gender identities piece was obviously missing, but there are still like characters and people that, that we can identify with, you know, Weird Barbie is obviously, you know, coded queer, and I'd, um, uh, Weird Barbie had um, the keychain, uh, kind of like the the ring of keys, um, which is very big in uh, in lesbian culture, uh, and the the ring of keys was like a ring of Barbie legs. So, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of like things for the queers, um, and I think the. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I thought the the movie was great. I, I definitely want to see it again. Uh, and I was wondering, kind of like with those like queer coded things, was there anything else maybe that you saw too that you th- that like really um, that you really identified with from like it a was, queer? There were so many queer things, and and I think that's what I was sort of. Um, it, it was a shame for me. I was like, come on, they have to be, it's 2023. Why can't you make it more obvious? I think there were clear yeah. signals. Uh, I don't know if the ones that I saw, but definitely they are, right? I know that there is a trans uh, actor playing a Barbie right. and there are many other things. Like if yeah, you pay attention, enough. you will find them. I, yeah. But I think that that's what I was missing. I was hoping that it was more obvious and, and it wasn't. It's I, it's funny, Alan, I didn't see it as a outsider, like in terms of gender, yeah. gender queer, because they're clothing. But I think you relate to it because Alan has more like trans mask, like clothing and gender expression. So yeah. I, I didn't see myself in Alan, but right. I see how now I totally, right? Alan it, symbolically is 
gender non-binary, non-binary and trans people that don't fit this gender binary. And to begin with, Barbie is a for-profit uh, <laughs> a symbol that really reinforced the gender binary for many, many years, right? right. And But Barbie is not the only is not responsible for it it's a it's kind of a reflection of our culture right but what i will see is what i would love to see is how can we embrace you know dolls and barbies and kings that goes beyond the gender binary like alan has a better character right the the and i think to your question uh what are those queer coded thing was uh, we are Barbie. I mean, we are Barbie is your typical, you know, flamboyant, uh, gay or genderqueer uh, yeah. or very colorful lesbian, like pink. Uh, she looks like pink with the hair cut. Yeah. And I think that that lives in a mountain and like people have to go to her because she's has wisdom. She knows everything and like she's going to help you. And I think that it was very clear, very evident, um, and uh, that that could be interpreted as a as a queer, ca- uh, you know, uh, character. You know, and I think that I I hope that people understand my point on this. But even Barbie, I will make the argument that at the end or throughout, there is a a very thrilling road of support to the trans community. There is two points, right, where like the the Ken and Barbie mention their genitals, right, which actually right. the attention should not be on that, right. But I think the point being was when they are in in real life was like, why are you paying so much attention to our genitals when we are right we are human you know we're barbie and ken we that's you should care about who we are not what we have below this clothes and they were so horrified by it and i think that is a very experience that trans and gender non-conforming people experience is like they have to go through life by answering questions about their genitals all the time so that is definitely something that uh tgnc stuff more than you know, cisgender people actually experience. And then the other one is a very unique, interesting for me, which is the last scene where Barbie, how this two-hour movie decided to end on Barbie going to the gynecologist. And she said, you know, talking about whether she had a vagina or not, right? So Barbie human, right, could not have a quote-unquote real human flesh, you know, Kind of genitals, right? And that, and she still will be Barbie, and she will still be a woman, right? And yeah. a lot of people, you know, that are like very traditional, and like or or radical or transphobic, only will you know uh, accept trans people, you know, or only believe that gender gender male and female it is reductive to the genitals, and like. Right. I think Barbie explained that you could still be a woman, you could still Barbie, and you don't have to have a vagina, right? And so does Ken without a genital. So I think that uh, that is my queer take. I could be wrong, and people could see it differently, but this is how I interpret it. So I feel that there there was a a trans and queerness to Barbie at the end, uh, going to the gynecologist and say, I hear, because I still have to check you know, my, I don't even know what I have. And that does, does not take away from my humanness, nor me being still Barbie. And yeah, no, I love that you, that you said that and the focus on like what's underneath the clothes or the, the genitals. Cause I, I, I think like my experience, like walking out in the world, I feel like people are always like, you know, trying to clock you, like kind of looking at 
my chest, like looking for breasts, for example. And before that I was wearing a binder and like now I have top surgery so that they aren't there. But I, I, that's actually something that I didn't really connect, but just the act of Barbie and Ken, like being in the real world and they were, they were associated with, you know, men and women, even like while they were dolls and without genitals. I I mean, I think, um, I think that that's a super important point and it goes to gender being a, you know, a, a social construct and a, and a cultural concept versus like what's going on under your clothes and in your pants. Um, so I think that that's, that's super, um, super interesting. And I, and I think, you know, really relatable being trans and queer. And I, I think the kind of circling back to the, the affirming spaces, uh, piece, and, um, and I know we've talked about it, um, just recently and different separating out what's a safe space versus an affirming space. Cause I was talking about safe spaces and you rightly were like, we should want more for ourselves then safe spaces, we should want affirming spaces, which I totally agree. And the, the Barbie, you know, Barbie land was such an affirming place for the Barbies for women. And they were able to, um, they were able to like, just be whole people and uh, be a person outside of like the, the male gaze, uh, and the focus on men and serving men. Uh, and so the idea that, that we could have that as queer people too. And I mean, as queer and trans people, we do so much work inside of ourselves in terms of what's our identity because we're working in uh, a very gender conforming world or um, heteronormative space. And so we just by existing, we have to learn how to how like how we operate and move through the world. Uh, so the idea that there could be a space, an affirming space that's just like you are this um, and we celebrate you and we love you and there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're great exactly as you are. It's such a utopian view of the world, um, but it's still like something to strive towards. And I think like why pride is so important um, where you're in spaces where you're immediately accepted by your queerness um, with your transness, it's, you know, et cetera. But um, the, the idea of kind of seeing that and then separated out from the patriarchy from the male gaze was like so powerful to see on the big screen and also like, you know, so visually beautiful too. Um, so yeah, it was, a, I, I mean, a very, you know, transform, transformative probably isn't the right word. It was, it was a very exciting experience to kind of witness on the big screen like that. Yeah. And I think it was a huge critique to the gender binary at all. And I, self-criticism about how Barbie would, and I think at one point, right, the, main character was like i've been part of creating this culture where like there is like you know the stereotypical women and what does women means etc and like how they were so the good thing was how the, the there were all of these other types of barbies that also exist yeah. right but i think that it, it, it's an invitation i think barbie that we could take it to the next level right that, that yeah. barbies could be more than barbies and kings and there's other characters that could be right and that everyone has his own beauty because at the end of the day barbie was about beauty being beautiful women yeah. right and i think that that beauty exists outside of the stereotypical barbie you know 
And I think that's why I was like disappointed with the movie is because um, the other characters, like the president who is a black woman and the other, the Supreme Court and like the big Barbie, they only have very small lines. And I was expecting that whether Barbie, the protagonist was not the characteristical because how cliche was that Barbie was going to be, couldn't be yeah. one of the others, the protagonist in this movie, right? So that's something that, okay, maybe I can live with that because maybe self, Barbie self-reflected, but the other characters I felt were very secondary and tertiary and like kind of con perpetrated the centering of the white skinny Barbie. Oh, and I, yeah. ho I was yeah. hoping that at the end of the movie, that idea of the stereotypical Barbie was no longer. And then the other roles will have taken a mm -hmm. more bigger role. So I think that that was sort of missing for me. I think that in the Kensai, there's a lot of, I think, gay, you know, things like if you see the song when they're playing in the in the beach there's yeah. definitely a lot of gay cans and also bisexual or pansexual cans right yeah you could see how like they kiss they all kissing each other um and there's a lot of uh aff um, effects of affection right um shows yeah. of affection and like as men and like also, that doesn't mean to be gay, right? Like, how, like, sort of uh, embracing feelings and, like, uh, connection and intimacy among men could be sort of uh, a positive trait that it exists right. outside of the toxic masculinity, you know? So, I, but there was definitely some of the cans that were clearly gay if you look at the dancing and... <laughs> it was really on purpose to show, I think, about a lot of diversity in terms of sexual orientations and gender identities. Some of them, my theory is that some of the kings were in love with Ken as well. You could totally see that, especially when he's speaking, when he's a president and like they're obsessed and yeah. they're still with their Barbies, you know. But we know yeah. how a lot of men, right, are existing in straight relationships with women but are they still are bisexual or pansexual and all of that i think all of that was there i saw all of that and maybe i'm seeing too much queerness where it should not be but um I, maybe i'm like wishful thinking and projecting into the movie but i think that if it was not there that's what i think what you're talking about we should strive for like an affirming yeah. thriving space in society that we're not only been a Ken and Barbies, but we are literally as affirmed, celebrated, supported, right? And that we could create a society where, like, we have a Supreme Court that is diverse, a political system, right, where people can right. just exist and go to the beach, like, not being hunted in the street, like, in LA, the real world, by what are your genitals, and, like, what do you do, and, like, what's your gender, and, like, having to explain, and, like, having to, like, switch code and pretend with clothing to get into a job Mattel, right? Or work in the in real life, right? So right. I think that um we're working on that in real life. And I think Barbie was sort of like a wake up call for us to continue to do that work. Yeah. Yeah. Well I think I think the like going back to your points about the the Kens like like being affectionate with each other or um it, it's just it's so interesting because straight males and like within the patriarchy like men just don't show a lot of affection to each other so just like the act of men showing affection to each other whether they're sexually attracted to each other or not is like coded queer because um they're just i mean anecdotally from what i've seen there just tend to be more affection between like queer men gay men uh between each other and then there is than there is with straight men um and i think the the like the end of the movie 
kind of speaks to how in Barbie land, like the Kens existed um, to try and get like the Barbie's attention. Um, so it's like kind of a switch of like, you know, I talked about the male gaze before and like the, the Kens wanting the female gaze or the Barbie gaze and not getting it because the Barbies are just living their Barbie lives. Um, but then when the men take over, it's not actually the, the Kens like coming into themselves. It's just them, um, you know, taking like uh, versions of the Barbie and having them, you know, just like being at them, not like treating them like people like this, the scene where they're um, singing the song to the Barbies. That's not for Barbie. That's for Ken to like perform. Uh, And there's no, it's not, it's just so common. I think for men uh, to, to like to not treat women like people to treat them like objects. And so I, I think that that, that really kind of drove home that point. Um, Barbie land was about the Barbies as people and the Ken Kendom or Ken land um, was not about the Kens as people. It was just the Kens having power. Uh, And so I think that it's just really interesting, especially in, 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 you know, Barbie and Ken where there's, there is such a gender binary um that we can see some of we can still as queer people identify with some of these pieces and see ourselves in certain scenes or in certain characters uh because we uh, there's just so much more work that we do on ourselves and and when we try to build community you know ideally we we're just we're connecting with each other in such a different way so yeah i think there's like there's just like a lot to mm-hmm. unpack with the movie <laughs> even talking yeah. about you i'm like oh and I I think going back, there's so many things and i think alan i think going back to alan is sort of um bring us to the experience of being queer i think if you know for our LGBTQ allies and, and friends and family that always kind of wonder what it is to be LGBTQ, I think now we have a very famous, you know, reference to say, do you watch the, the, the movie Barbie? Well, <laughs> do you remember this this character? No? Well, that's what it is. Like, you're in the, being Alan, uh, you might even not remember him. He spoke like four or five times. And the fact that you don't remember, uh, or you remember him being outcast, silenced, uh, invisible, yeah. visibilized, you know? Um, so it, it makes me think about the impact that it is to live as Alan in a world of Barbies and Kens. It's, yeah. It really demonstrates the toxic traits that, as queer and gender queer people, we have sort of go through life without even realizing the huge impact that in our psyche, in our mental health, it has to live as an outsider, right, of this Barbie yeah. and Ken world, which yay for Barbie, I'm all for it for the yeah. old female Supreme Court and all of that. But even a 100% Barbie land, you know, is exclusive of trans and gender non-conforming experiences, right? Right. Where in the Barbie world was there uh, trans and queer and gender non-conforming Barbies? I think in 2023, that should have been. And I think we don't want another version of trans-exclusionary feminism, where it's, yeah, no. yay, 100% for women, but excluding those identities, right? And um, I, I, I know I'm going to calm down. I'm not going to like accuse Barbie of that. I'm not stretching in it there yet, but I'm thinking about real life society on how Alan, right, 
um, it, how being allies in this Barbie and Ken's world have an impact on like how we feel isolated, right? How we question yeah. ourselves. Where do we fit in? There's not a world for us, right? We there's more. There must be something wrong about us, right? Uh, yeah. We're not good enough. Uh, we're not getting the attention. We're not enough anything. Or Barbie nor Ken's, right? We exist in a world where we're in between, right? Uh, who are we, right? Um, whatever. Anyone love me because Barbies and Carols are loving among themselves each other, right? Right. So all of the conditioning that uh, creates this toxic, exclusive binary system is what we as queer people sort of assimilate. And I think yeah. that this brings me to the question about healing. And I think it's at the end of the question where Barbie told Ken, "This is not about. This is not about anyone else. It's about you and right. being content with who you are." I think that is sort of like the beginning of a spiritual or a self-awareness awakening, right? And for us to start that healing, right? And I think us, we have as queer and trans and LGBTQ people, the work now of becoming the healing, self-healing uh, Alan's uh, dolls because there is so much that we have to let go from the past and start building, you know, a new world, a new land that is queer land, right? Where we right. are affirming our space, ourselves, yep. and like healing some of all that trauma, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I was totally thinking, right? Like, I went to this, like, Alan, like, when I was, like, going a, a little kid, I was looking at the Barbies and, like, I was thinking all of these things. I was, I only like to play with Barbies, not with, with cars. So um, it was definitely my experience growing up. And that's what Barbie was so important for me, which showed me something different that I could be. Yeah, for sure. And, like, for me, I my two younger sisters, like, they played with Barbie a lot more than I did. I was I was never super into Barbie, but when I did play, I tended to play Ken, which surprises nobody. Um, and I guess if we had an Alan, I probably would have played Alan. Um, but yeah, but I think um, I think yeah, th there's like clearly farther that we that we can go. But I I I do take a lot of heart in the fact that from an affirming space, even though it was um, such a gender binary space that as queer people, we could still see aspects of ourselves in characters in the, in the more affirming space. And then, um, so starting in one place and then, you know, hopefully we can, we can build on it and, and there is more inclusion when it comes to different, differing gender identities um, in the next one. That would, I mean, that would be great, but, uh, but I think, yeah, and I think um, just to say one more thing, it, it, I I just want to agree and underline about the the end of the movie being like can like figure out who you are because patriarchy hurts everybody. I mean, if you just if men are just on the t yes. on the top because they're men, like you don't spend time thinking about who you are as a person and what it is that you want. You're just like in charge and have power, and you end up being um, you know a two D like. Um, simplified version of yourself and you don't there's no sense of community you don't treat you know you don't treat people very well and you know the same I, it's kind of lumped in with white supremacy as well uh but yeah but it hurts everybody including the kens uh and so we want to live in a more you know affirming barbie land but maybe with like more more weird barbie and more more allens uh and, and more additional uh gay kens and um things like that including gay men i think a lot of yeah. gay men replicate right some of the toxic masculinity traits of patriarchy that have been indoctrinated from childhood and society 
and end up in this uh, self-hatred thread of um, masculinity, right? And like mask for mask. And uh, thinking of that, it reminds me that a grinder account last post was about a guy saying like how he was healing from like the mask for mask and he was getting into his sort of like, you know, fluidity of the gender and like he was healing from that. But that's just to say that Grinder does not get points for that post. It was where I saw the post, but Grinder actually gets zero points, actually get a boo, a down for not being a safe space, not being an affirming space for trying to union busting its employees. Oh, yeah. So I recommend everyone to go to and you know this is a lot of people from our community go to be a safe space for them to connect to other people but the ownership of grinder is really trying to fire hundreds of employees so i this is a huge space for a uh, safe space for our lgbt community worldwide in many countries this is the only app where queer people can talk to each other without being harassed by the police and they're still harassed by the police and hunted there so Please, it would be a, a huge uh, debacle and like really loss for our community to have some of these uh, employees going through that. So uh, the employees are at Grinder United that are sort of organizing. So I recommend people to go and support Grinder United and also go into Grinder and post them that they should be a safe and affirming space for all everyone, including their employees. In their last post, you could go and comment um, in Grinder account because we need to keep our safe spaces safe. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm always here for a union shout out, and it's 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 exciting to see all of the the workers uh, strikes and um, workers organizing going on, especially you know with the SAG strike and the writer strike that's going on. But I Grinder being also you know an app and a tech company, I think it's really uh, really interesting to hear, um, you know, grinder employees unionizing, but, um, that's a huge source of affirming and safe spaces are unions and the workplaces where we spend 80% of our work. So not only the grinder, as you say, union, but also the actors and the writers, and they have gone for months and there's, they employ thousands and thousands of LGBTQ and trans um, workers. And so we need to stand up to these companies, right? That are sort of oppressing our employees and are making it not supportive, not affirming. And many, of us like many of those workers like half affirming spaces and and workplaces so uh this 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 strikes are really uh damaging their ability to stay on on well-paying jobs and paying jobs that affirm them so um yes this is what it looks like to be we need a, a, a queer land barbie land uh unionized places yeah, it's hot, hot streak summer, and we definitely need, uh, uh, we definitely need Queerland. Um, I would go to it. I would live in Queerland. Um, wrap it up. Do you want to do the one tip, one ask? Sure. One tip, one ask. So I think like when it comes to affirming spaces, right, uh, there's a lot of things that we could do. Um, we don't need to wait only for safe and affirming spaces, right? We can create their own, you know, a lot of times we're like waiting for them and we never get them, you know? So um, I think one way to we reflect on how can we support in the development and building a safe and affirming space where we are, right? So I think our tip is 
is to reflect on what can you do in the spaces that you are to make it more safe and affirming for um, for yourself but for others, right? Like you don't know who is there, right? Trying to uh, in the closet or really looking for validation and affirmation and support. And I think one of the most powerful ones is through by the usage usage of inclusive language. And really looking at the terms and the language that will signal to people that with you, they're safe and that their, their identities are affirmed and that you're very open uh, to learn and listen and to recognize and validate their identities. And one of those ways of inclusive language, as well as the use of pronouns, right? Like, they, them, you know, uh, that's one of the pronouns, right? But uh, saying, starting when you're speaking in every meeting, in every space, like sharing your pronouns, whether you're LGBTQ or not, including your pronouns in your in your email. And for some of us in the LGBTQ community of you that is listening might sound cliche because you're doing it, but it's a reminder. Like sometimes I myself don't do it in some meetings because, oh, this is not an LGBTQ meeting, but then I sort of forget or, you know, I think that it's not, you know, for this meeting, but it should be always. So that really creating, normalizing that everywhere that we go and to signal everyone that um, we should be um, elevating, affirming and recognizing everyone's identity and like using the most updated and affirming and safe space uh, language. And sometimes, you know, that keeps evolving, you know, and like it's about being human, having the humility, the openness and sort of the intentionality of like, I want to keep learning, you know, and like refreshing some of those. Yeah. Um, I love what that. Thank you? you. Thank you, Sammy. Um, I think um, for mine, I, just to kind of keep with the theme of uh, affirming spaces, uh, I think, but I think just being a place where somebody can come to you and listen uh, and then you can, you validate them uh, without, without necessarily making it about yourself um, or making yourself like a little bit of hum humble uh, in terms of listening. And I, I'm learning something new and I might mess this up, but I hear you and I understand that this is important to you. Uh, and so I will, I, I, and I want to show up for you. And, and those things can, can mean a lot, especially from, friends and family, but also from acquaintances and coworkers. So a uh, big fan of listening and validating for people. Definitely. Listening before speaking is something that I learned uh, and changed my life. How I listen to people is listening from a space that I don't know them. I don't know anything. And I'm just really curious from curiosity and like what they have to share and that they, they that they have something to share and contribute and that their lives are important and like what they have to share and like learning from that. Not that I know everything because I'm LGBTQ, right? Even from my peers, right. I can keep learning. So I think that's what brings sort of the humility. Yes. Yeah, of course. And, and, and listening's hard. I mean, I, like good listening is hard. We could do, we could yeah, do a so whole things that I help me listen. I'm sorry. We could do I do a workshop about listening and there's a lot oh. of things, but I think things that help is coming from nothing, like coming from a space that you don't know what they're saying. Like if they tell you I'm a teacher, you're like, Oh wow, what what tell me about that? What what does that mean? Like pretending you don't know anything because you don't yeah. know. Because the fact that I'm queer or gay, that doesn't mean that I know all of the gay experience, right? The fact that I'm Latino, oh yeah, you're Puerto Rican Latino. What does that mean to you, right? Because I every Puerto Rican experience is not the same, right? So um yeah. really like be curious of curiosity, not not coming from nothing, right? 
and uh, really treating people as big, listening to them as they have something to share, right? Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. And then, um, Jesse, I want to uh, then the ask. I think we have one ask this week is that okay. we have affirming spaces in New York uh, City um, and New York State and across the country. But Jesse and I uh, found a very wonderful, beautiful affirming space that we want to share with you all that it is sort of like that like utopian or sort of like real life version of what we would like for a queer land, you know, uh, Barbie land, um, uh, things that we didn't have growing up, right? Like an affirming school that really um, validated our identities and like was really affirming and educational. So in New York State, there is a new school called Trans Transformative Schools, and it's a beautiful new concept of a school led uh, by trans and gender non-conforming and non-binary educators, and it will serve, it will create a, a free after-school program um, focused on centering the experiences of trans and non-binary students. Every student is welcome, but the experiences of trans and non-binary students are going to be at the, at the front center and the curriculum is about for them to celebrate their joy and fun and artistic expression and discovering their identities. And there are... Uh, Uh, open to get more students sign up for the first ever after school program this September 11th. So you could go to their website, transformativeschools.org, or to their Instagram, transformative schools, and look for the application. And you could share with youth throughout the whole state. This will be all online and in person, and it will be with accredited professional teachers and school administrators. Um, that will be hosting this um, beautiful, amazing, affirming program for youth. And I can't wait uh, of, uh, to see what, what comes out, out of that. So please, please share. And if you don't have a youth and you cannot share it or you don't know a, a family with a uh, an LGBTQ youth or anything, any LGBTQ youth, you could also donate and become a monthly donor that, to really this amazing, extraordinary, uh, affirming uh, initiative. Yes, uh, beautifully said, Sammy. Yeah, I, I can't even think what uh, having an after-school program like this would have meant uh, to me as a as a middle schooler, uh, especially ha having the language and, and just being around more trans and gender non-conforming kids and adults, um, what, what that experience would have been. So uh, please go check them out and, uh, and excited to have a conversation with them soon. Yes, stay tuned. We're going to interview Transformative School. So look it out in the next episodes. All right. Bye, Sammy. Bye, Jesse. Thank you for joining us and listening to another episode of Super Queers. Follow us on social media under at the Super Queers and share this episode with your circle. Remember, the power is ours and it grows the more we share it. Thank you and see you next time.